Hello, welcome to Combo Chain. It's a uh, JRPG podcast uh, in which we uh, look at the latest news, we uh, chat about new games, and uh, every few episodes we do uh, deep dives into classic JRPGs, old and new. I'm Paul M. Davis. And I'm Elisa James. And uh, yeah, how, how are things going? Yeah, everything's good. You know, it's uh, staying at home a lot more time for uh, video games. Uh, <laughs> podcasting. I'm sure if, if anyone's been keeping track, I've been on like on what three, I think, <laughs> and I'll be on another one hopefully tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like so many people I know are uh, doing like you know Zoom Zoom parties and stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm recording podcasts, so that's kind of like it. Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly the same. I think it's more focused, so it's better. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. We are doing a news episode, news and first impressions episode, but we're also going to be talking about uh, going in a little depth on uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Uh, which is good because, uh, not surprisingly, uh, with the current economy and working situations, um, there's not a whole lot of news going on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, why don't I, uh, kick it off here, uh, with, uh, what news we do have. So, um, the, uh, uh, Gust, JRPG Fairy Tale, which is going to be released on PS4, Switch, and, uh, PC revealed new screenshots from Famitsu this week. And, uh... Yeah, so uh, Gust is probably best known as the developer of the uh, Atelier series. Uh, they've also done some other stuff, like those weird, kind of crappy, kind of over-sexualized platinum ripoffs. Uh, what are they called? Knights, ba- Knights of Azure? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which those games are terrible if you can look past all the parts. That yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> They're a good diversion. I think I bought one when uh, when um, there was about 15 games available on the Switch. And I had an okay time with it. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, they've uh, released new screenshots and uh, details on their forthcoming JRPG Fairy Tale, which I had not heard of uh, before. And um, it's running on the uh, Atelier, uh, Atelier uh, engine. Uh, which you can definitely see it's got that kind of like new um, kind of atelier aesthetic, which is very sort of, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very reminiscent of Ghibli uh, studio Ghibli films to me. Um, And, uh, but as opposed to like, you know, the atelier games where you're just kind of like hanging out in a village for the most part and crafting and going out and fighting some animals uh, this one's going to have more of an epic, epic feel, and it's going to be kind of more of a like full-blown adventure. Um, it's inspired by an anime. Uh, the developers state that they're not going to be too tied to the uh, anime narrative while staying true to the characters. I am not familiar with the, this anime, are you? Um, a little bit. I, I used to read the manga uh, back when it first came out, and, you know, Lucy was still the main character. <laughs> <laughs> so I have um, certain 
feelings about it. But I mean, it's not a bad thing necessarily because uh, fairy tale in general has a lot of wiggle room. So I imagine it'll be just kind of like how when they do the One Piece like Musou type games and it's always like a mm -hmm. more unique plot like that they'll focus on. So I imagine that's what they'll do here. Like they'll just basically give the characters like a, a unique story that just fits in somewhere within the actual um canon verse and yeah it will work out perfectly fine i always in my opinion i always feel like i prefer that because i like seeing the characters in general uh in new adventures versus you know i mean, I mean it's, of course there's there's an inherent excitement to actually getting to uh play along with the regular story but i i, I find i get more invested when anime game uh decides to tell its own story yeah, totally. That it's not a JRPG, but um, I played the uh, Attack on Titan games before I actually watched the anime, mm -hmm. and I was really disappointed to find out that the uh, <laughs> the the games just basically follow the plot of the anime. So, like, yeah, <laughs> I got spoiled. Basically, I, I got spoiled on most of the major plot, plot points of the anime oh. by playing the games, but. Those are, like, really fun games. Yeah, they are. So, um, if you have watched the anime already, I recommend them. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, um, moving on, uh, there's a new kind of, like, uh, pseudo-indie game coming out called uh, Keep of the Cobalt Queen, which is a uh, JRPG-inspired D&D adventure. And uh, it's uh, kind of interesting, you know, considering how much was you know, bothered and borrowed in the early days from, uh, you know, D and D and whatnot and JRPGs and how sort of like Western role-playing games and Japanese role-playing games have like diverged majorly in recent years. Yeah. So it seems like this game is trying to kind of like bridge the gap a little bit. Uh, it's got kind of this cool pixel art aesthetic and uh, apparently, like, the party makeup and the battle mechanics are going to draw a lot from uh, JRPGs, uh, specifically, like, having, like, branching job systems and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, that's that was another one that was totally new to me as I was, like, trawling Google News being, like, there's got to be some JRPG news. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how it turns out. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. That sounds interesting because it's always kind of fun, I think, when um, uh, I play like any kind of RPG. Although I know those Western ones tend to be more faithful to um, D&D &D, uh, to this day. But it's always cool to kind of see like um, even when JRPGs do it as well because I like the mechanics. I think they're a lot of fun and there's a surprising amount of like flexibility and customization that's like pretty much inherent to that specific subgenre of RPG. So, I mean, if this actually does pretty well, it would be really cool to see more JRPGs kind of go back to that classic style. Yeah, totally. Totally. It'd be interesting. I feel like there's hardly anybody doing it anymore. Like, I guess you could say, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Matsuno? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he never seemed to like kind of like totally get rid of his uh, like uh, D and D roots. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, for the most part, they've like diverged pretty rapidly 
to the point where there's a lot of really obnoxious <laughs> arguments online about which uh, which form of RPG is better. <laughs> oh my god, I hate those. It's like and none of them would be around without D and D. Why is this even a thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. So yeah, um, uh, oh yeah, uh, we want to move on to your next one. Yeah. So um, in this week's uh, Famitsu magazine, uh, I don't know if anyone's been keeping track of it. I have uh, Digimon Survive, which is like a sort of a tactical. Uh, JRPG that's been in development, I think, since like 2018. It's got a few delays, but they've been trickling out news, uh, you know, somewhat recently. And uh, according to the magazine, uh, they switched the release date of the game, which is coming to P- uh, PS4, Switch, Xbox One, and PC from 2002 to unspecified. So, of course, this means that essentially for now, the game is indefinitely delayed, um, most likely because of uh, coronavirus. Uh, You know, that's been hampering a lot of uh, releases in general. So I'm not actually surprised. Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a pretty uh, it's going to be a pretty scant fall when it comes to releases yeah yeah it seems like it so um just to point out this is of course according to um the way uh weekly famitsu magazine actually uh detailed their release date information so most likely uh bandai namco will be making an official announcement in the next few days so we'll be keeping track of that um but it's it's unlikely it's an error um they they're usually pretty accurate about this kind of stuff. Yeah, Famitsu's pretty uh, pretty good, more reliable than uh, Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, um, of course, also uh, tomorrow, Trials of Mana is going to be releasing. Uh, so that's coming to uh, PS4 and Switch. Um, I see NPC as well. So that for people who don't know, Trials of Mana is basically a remake of the original uh, Seiken uh, Densetsu 3, which first came out in 1995 uh, for Super Famicom or you know, Super Nintendo, but it never actually got a release out here. So the um, developers actually square, at, um, they took this game and they literally rebuilt it from the ground up from 2D to 3D, like everything. And I actually got to review this game. So that came out, I, I released that yesterday. So um, basically in terms of uh, the actual game, one of the biggest draws is that at the beginning, you're able to pick a main character out of six, and then you pick two more additional characters, and that forms your party. And what's interesting is that depending on the main character you pick, that'll change your antagonist, uh, because two characters each share one antagonist for like three villains in total. And then at the same time, you know, depending on the side characters you pick, that's also going to alter the story too, because it'll change the uh, story beats and the you know and what's actually giving more attention in the story. Um, also, if you happen to have the two characters, of course, in your party that share one uh, antagonist, that also changes the story a bit too. Because now we see like we'll see both sides 
of that opposition to their antagonist. So uh, it's a really cool system. When I think about it, how it came out in 1995 and they did this. And I mean, even like now, that's not something you see at all in JRPGs. Mm -hmm. Like JRPGs are pretty much very narratively like uh, linear, you know, very like uh, set in stone. It's just how it plays. But this is a really unique, interesting system. And I think it allows for a lot of uh, replayability value because... I mean, you could just keep replaying the game and get completely different plot beats and results, and it's really cool. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward. I cannot afford that game right now, but like, I cannot wait until I can because the demo. I love the demo of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The demo was great, um, and I had previewed it myself as well, so it was it was a lot of fun, and that was basically how I felt when I. Uh, when I ended up reviewing the full game, the combat, they did a pretty good job of translating. Um, that's, that would be to me the biggest hurdle because going from 2d style uh, action to 3d is like a completely different ball game. Cause it's just so much stuff you have to think about. Um, but they did a really good job with it. Like battles do feel fast paced. Uh, there's a good amount of strategy involved in them. The enemies I think are my or the best part because despite the fact that you do have a lot of that you know palette swapping or like slight model changing to kind of uh, um, you know uh, show that you have a evolution of enemies as you go along but their tactics in battle ends up changing dramatically uh, so you have to actually really get uh, you have to kind of, when you first face a new enemy party, you have to get used to how they fight and adjust to that very quickly and, you know, kind of create unique strategies for that. Um, I mean, there's like one, there's actually a couple enemies that in mid-battle, if certain conditions are fulfilled, they'll actually evolve into stronger forms. So, and then you have, and then now they'll have full HP and they'll be stronger. So you have to deal with that. And I mean, that's already fun. And then the bosses themselves, at first, you know, like the first two or three bosses in any BRPG, they're mainly like warm-up bosses to make sure that you're, you're, you're getting used to the system properly. You're, you know, dodging attacks, you're using a variety of different attacks, things like that. But then once like the game, you know, hits its stride, uh, bosses will really test you. Like <laughs> there's some really, yeah. there's some really challenging bosses. I think the one that I'm thinking of right now uh, is is a, and it's it's always those bosses that are like gates, you know, like a gate or a house boss, and they're always really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and this one too, like the the battle is is literally pandemonium. Like I can't once you, if anyone plays it, once you get to that boss, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's just traps and attacks everywhere. Enemies are just spawning, and you're fighting this 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 giant gate thing, and it's just it's crazy, but it's so much fun. And um, I mean, of course, you know, there's a few hiccups here and there, like a lot of action games. I don't know why they still suffer with camera issues. This is you know, this game unfortunately suffers from that as well. Like most of the time, it's an issue because it's easy to reposition camera the camera during battle, but sometimes it can get hooked up on like, you know, hallway or corner, uh, what have you. And that's, uh, that's pretty annoying. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, I like the, I like the leveling system. You know, it's a, it's a pretty, um, 
it's a it's a pretty simple system in the sense that it's um you basically earn training points as you level up and what you do is you go in and you'll learn uh you there's like there's like uh five stats that you can actually um that you can actually level up and those would be you know strength stamina intelligence spirit and luck so, uh, and there's, of course, abilities and stat increases for each of these uh, stats. Um, and so you can apply the training points to those abilities. And I like it because, you know, it's a simple system, but it allows a lot of uh, customization. And so even within these characters that already have very specific uh, character, like class roles, you can customize their roles even further depending on, like, what you want to focus on with them. And then there's also the class system itself, where after you reach a certain level, you can um, you can uh, uh, move up to the next level of classes, and you can actually choose what path you want to go to light or dark. And each one, um, each path has its own set of classes and its own focus, so that's more customization depending on you know how you want your character to evolve. Like a good example is Kevin, who's already kind of a DPS, like berserker type. Um, if you go to light class, he'll focus more on being balanced and, you know, have good defense as well as offense. So you could basically just have him go off on your enemies and not have to worry about him too much. And then if you want to go dark, that actually has more of a focus on him uh, being a pure damage dealer. So you do have to like f- keep him alive more because his defenses will be lower, but at the same time, his damage output is far higher. So interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. Like I really like the amount of uh, detail that goes into this kind of stuff, you know, and you just, you get to kind of play the game, like how you want to. And I always, I always love that in, uh, in any JRPG. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that I read about it and from what I played from the demo, like I was, I was really, really impressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty bummed that I can't pick it up uh, on release day. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's still remarkable to me that a game that didn't get localized in the West for, you know, 20 odd years is now getting like, a uh, full 3D remake, but it's really cool. And I actually, I'm going to, I'll find it and put it in the show notes, but I read a really cool interview with the developers of it yesterday. And they were just talking about some of the trade-offs that they had to make to keep it, you know, kind of loyal to the original game without it being, you know, just totally like stuck in the past or, you know, making players wonder why, oh, why why are we playing the same game again, but now it's in 3D? Yeah. Oh, that, that's really interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll see if, I'll dig that up and uh, put it in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because I'll be interested, because I, I do see that, too. Like, because I, I actually, you know, when I was um, playing the game, I out of curiosity, I decided to pull up, you know, some gameplay for the original uh, version and I was comparing a lot of it and yeah you do see that you see how they they really did a great job in keeping it like a one one 
uh, remake, but at the same time, you can feel like it's not so much stuck in the past much. Like, I mean, of course, there's times where it will show its age and like certain story beats, like how certain things are presented. But it's like, you know, that that's just inherent. But in terms of how the actual game looks and how it plays and overall, it really doesn't feel dated. Like if if you didn't know, you really I feel like you wouldn't guess that this was a remake of a game that's almost like 20 years old. So, I mean, well, actually, no, over 20 years, I think. Yeah. No, no, it does not come off that way at all. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Well, should we move on to Final Fantasy VII Remake? Oh, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me make some uh, caveats here because uh, <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I'm not a huge Final Fantasy fan. I really like 12 and I really like 6. Uh, in general, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, and I've never played the original. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am very curious about the remake. I played the demo and, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it like quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I, I just want to put my general kind of, uh, ignorance up front before <laughs> start talking about it. But, I know you spend a ton of time with it, so I really want to hear your uh, hear your thoughts about it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, of course, I know everyone's talking about this game. Social media, it's just it. it and I loved it personally. I love this game. Um, the thing that actually won me over the most because I actually had played a, um, a preview build of it um, beforehand, and that had already won me over because. At first, I was kind of iffy with them changing to a more action-based uh, uh, gameplay uh, system because I'm a huge, hardcore, turn-based nut. Like, so, mm. But actually playing it, it, it makes sense, the changes, because it is still turn-based. Like, it, it heavily relies on the ATB goal because that's how you pretty much enact almost any command. Like The only thing that you can't do through ATB is just normal attacks, but everything else you need gauze charged. So you're you're gonna in the game you are going to be waiting for those gauze to charge up and then switching between characters as you um you know uh, designate commands to them. But yeah, it, it it definitely does not have the feeling of uh, that I got from Final Fantasy 15, which was like. <sighs> Uh, you just mash a bunch of buttons and stuff happens on the screen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, this this game, it, it requires a lot of strategy. You cannot just go in and button mash because you'll die. Like, just point blank. It's, you know. And, and the funny part is, I think someone put it really well, that it's essentially... Uh, it's essentially a turn-based RPG that lets you control your characters in between your 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 ATB goals loading. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can just you essentially just have more uh, control over how your characters are moving. You know, mitigating damage, um, being able to do additional damage, of course, uh, to charge your goals. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty much that at heart. And honestly, I think the action components just make the whole game even more thrilling because there's even more of an emphasis on you know how you're you're placing you and your party, having to make sure you're constantly switching between party members depending on how the situation changes. Um, you know, um, 
just just the timing of a lot of things because now you have to worry about if you time attacks incorrectly or your characters aren't in range, they will not succeed. And you will have wasted your ATB goal and sometimes your MP. And that has happened to me. It's, it's, <laughs> and, and that includes limit breaks too. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but I, I like that a lot. I really do. Like, uh, I think these battles are incredibly thrilling. Bosses are incredibly cinematic. I mean, there's so much fun. And it was funny because a lot of people were kind of thinking that you were going to have a lot of those, um, uh, what do you call it? You know, it's kind of prompts uh, where you just press a button and then your character does something cool, but you're not really controlling them. <laughs> so and i understand but then once you play the game you realize oh wait no actually not at all like the entire battle boss battle you want complete control and it's up to you whether you know completely up to you on how well you do in that battle if you're succeeding or not so um i really appreciate that a lot that they didn't go the easy route they actually and you know not to say that the game is perfect gameplay wise but um i think a lot of it's um uh, detractions. Like for instance, there's, there's really no, uh, canceling. Once you go into a combo, you can't cancel out of it. So you have to kind of commit to it, which sucks if you're like kind of missing your enemy. And then now you're open for an attack. Um, also there's no, um, there's no invincibility frame. So, you know, let's say you're dodging or what have you, you know, enemy can still, unless you're dodge, you were you were dodging to miss a different one particular move. An enemy still can, another enemy still can come in and actually uh, hit you with their own attack. You don't have that invincibility for that one frame. You know, things like that. But um, also, what I like too that they added was on top of the material system, they also have a weapon customization. So. Which is really cool because you, your each weapon um, has like uh, you know they get cores and the cores allow you to pick abilities uh, that you want to spend points on that you gain while you level up and you could spend points in those abilities and kind of you know enhance your characters or um, give yourself more material slots things like that and it's cool because each weapon in the game uh, has their own specialty and playstyle so. And, you know, there's no such thing as, oh, I just got a new weapon. That means my old weapon is worthless. Not at all. Each weapon mm. obtains their own points. I believe it's SP. Um, they obtain their own points. And um, and you can cut. So if you want to, if you really like Buster Sword and it really suits your uh, style, you can play as Buster Sword the entire. You can play with the Buster Sword the entire game. And you just keep, you know, leveling up. But then if you decide, oh, man, I really want to try out, you know, some of these other weapons, um, you know, you can always switch to that. And that'll have been gaining SP this whole time. Um, and you can just learn abilities for that, customize it. And I think that's a really cool thing, like you being able to kind of create a synergy between your weapons and your uh, materia builds. And you can make some pretty cool builds. So... That is really cool. That's really cool. It's nice to see that happening. Like, I mean, I'm sure other JRPGs have done this. Like, what that brings to mind is Monster Hunter, where, I mean, I, I know that you level in Final Fantasy VII, but, like, you know, the I, I like the idea that, like, you're leveling up your, like, your weapons and your armor more so 
than uh, than your character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's a really, really cool system, um, honestly. And, um... And um, I, I just really like how they actually created this sort of weaponing thing that's really balanced. And also what I like, too, is that it's not um, very linear. Like, one of the biggest gripes I had with 13 was that I felt like the leveling system was extremely pointless because it almost made it look like you had the opportunity to customize, but then you didn't because it was all in a straight line. You don't have any choice in, yeah. in how your character act, and And they even stop you from you know, proceeding past certain points. So it's kind of like, well, why'd you even bother putting this whole system in? Might as well just made a leveling system and it's been done with it. But but this game doesn't do that. You can actually switch between cores as well. You don't have to master all of the cores in one before you go into the next. You can switch between them and just kind of choose how you want to apply your SP. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So should we uh, should we move on to uh, because I have no self control I already read the spoilers online so uh, <laughs> should we move on to the uh, spoilers and we can chat about that yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, yeah let's uh, let's uh, give people a warning um, I don't know let's give her let's give ourselves three minutes to talk about the spoilers so skip ahead three minutes if you don't <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good yeah. So, um, so one of the things that I really liked, um, with the story was that, you know, since everything is in the part, you know, all of Midgar, you have the opportunity to really see the characters get fleshed out a lot more. I mean, they fleshed out, especially Jesse, Biggs and Wedge, the Avalanche members, insanely well. They even get their own, like, mission that Cloud helps them with. And, you know, just the, just the four of them. It's a lot of fun. You learn more about the characters themselves. Um, and so that was a really cool application of that. Um, there's also a big thing too, that I'm sure people play the game, you know, know of it's the phantoms, those like kind of mysterious sort of ghost looking beings that, you know, premiere very early on in the game. And, um, they end up having a a high significance to the, uh, the plot. Um, because essentially as you can kind of piece together, their job is to try to keep the order of the timeline intact to make sure that things don't spiral too much out of control. Because as you find out, there is actually a reason why they introduced Sephiroth pretty early. And that's because it's pretty clear that this Sephiroth is very aware of how things in the original seven timeline should go. And he's essentially working to completely wreck that. <laughs> And so the, the the phantoms start appearing because they're trying to mitigate the damage he's been doing to the timeline. Like there's some cool scenes like when um you know it's like this differences in character, like Cloud is a bit more ruthless in the beginning, like he's actually just willing to straight out kill a couple people, including one guy who's not even like uh, a fighter or anything he was just like it might be just a chance that he's a big talker, so Cloud's like, oh well, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh he you know almost killed Reno things like that so <laughs> but it's uh it's really interesting and i think that between that and um how the ending actually plays when you see the cutscenes the classic scenes with Zack Fair of course um you know when he's with Cloud and fighting off the Shinra troopers we all know that's his last stand 
but in the ending, he actually survives. So this has, they haven't fully explained it, but there are huge uh, implications for what this could be in terms of like, you know, is this going to be like another completely different timeline and Zach will be able to actually interact with the current one we're playing as because Aerith was kind of sort of aware of Zach's presence. Um, or is like, you know, this is the kind of, this, this, is this like the, going to be the, the results of, uh, Seth Roth's meddling. So now we'll randomly have Zach appear because now he's alive again. You know, there's like a lot of theories that's just going out and it's just, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really neat from what I've read. It's so much better than like going, uh, you know, like, Oh, we're just gonna do a beat, beat for beat like remake of this with like way nicer graphics. Yeah, you know? yeah, and I, I think honestly, in my opinion, it, it won me over more because now I'm way more invested in the games than I was before. Because before I'm just kind of like, oh, why, why do I really care? Like it's you know it's fun to play, but if it's gonna be exactly the same, and now it's not, and it's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. And I mean, why couldn't there be like an alternative universe version of this? You know, it's like it's Final Fan- it's Final Fantasy. Like anything can happen. Exactly. You know, might as well have fun with it. Yeah, and I, I think that's what I like about it that they're willing to do that. Um, also, I wanted to ask you, who is best girl? <laughs> well, you're asking me this as a person who has played. <laughs> About an hour of the demo and has never played the original game. Oh, but, but uh, purely on what you've seen too, because I know you said you saw like everything. Well, I didn't know. I don't know. If I saw everything. Um, I liked that article in uh, Kotaku the other day that was talking about how uh, how much um, the author loved all the dorky uh, echo terrorists. Yeah, and uh, I like I like dorky echo terrorist girl. Um, yes, Jesse's awesome. <laughs> And even though, like, I mean, of course I know what happens to Tifa because I've been a consumer of media in the last 30 years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, like, the introductory sequence, like, you know, like, really kind of, like, sold her on me, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, for me, too, honestly, I just I just love them. Like, when, you know, as I said before, the... um. The, the fleshing out that they did in this game was, like, phenomenal. So everyone just gets even more chances to shine. Like, the VAs are fantastic. I mean, I know they replaced everyone, you know, which at first I was a bit devastated. But everyone does a, a fantastic job with their characters. And it's just so cool to kind of just see, like, like uh, um, them really bring the, the, these uh, characters to life. Like, Cloud... Is hysterical. I have been laughing at almost every one of his lines since like the game starts. It's <laughs> it's just so funny. And then Barrett, I I've always loved Barrett. He's such a great complex character. Um, you know, easily could just fit in as a stereotype, and then it just just has like one of the best character arcs in the game by far. Just an amazing kind of guy. And also him and his daughter is just really adorable. Just. <laughs> that's that's awesome yeah yeah and from from the demo that i played like um i did enjoy that uh yeah cloud even in the demo was kind of a smart ass yes because like the mythology that has kind of 
grown up around him as he's like the ultimate angsty boy. <laughs> and like, maybe, maybe, he, maybe he becomes that later on, but like, it, it's kind of nice to see him like just being like, kind of like, you know, smart ass and like, I'm just here to do my job. You know, it's like, he's like, he's like an action or like, uh, like a hero from like one of those early eighties, like sci-fi or action films where it's like, I don't, I, I don't even want to be here today. Like, <laughs> I just need a paycheck. <laughs> see, yeah, see, the, what happened with that is that, um, actually, in my opinion, once Klaus starts getting his character arcs, he actually gets even more dorky because you start seeing his real self come out. But, um, but what happened is that a, a lot of a lot of fan interpretation uh, was kind of influenced by with Advent Children, and he had a reason then to be depressed you, because he wasn't. You just you you cut out. You cut out the last whole phrase that you said. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so with uh, with with Cloud, uh, what's interesting is that uh, honestly, as you go on in the game and he starts going through his character arcs, um, he actually becomes more dorky, which is awesome because you get to see more of his personality, like his true self. But what's interesting is that a lot of the um, misinterpretation of his character was because with Advent Children, um, you know, he did seem very angsty and stuff, but it really wasn't that. It was, he was really depressed because he had contracted, he, he was trying to find a cure for an incurable disease for a little boy, Denzel. Then he gets it himself, so he's slowly dying, so that's what was causing those issues with him and then you even see like by the end of the movie his per he he kind of picks up a bit more once he's cured so um and i think that did have an effect unfortunately and not just on how fans interpreted him but i think in certain media like dissidia didn't help either and i love that game but it didn't help because i think it pulled it was pulling a lot of his um advent children personality which was completely wrong so um, I'm just really happy that remake, we get to just see like everything, like even in the beginning when he just has like this great wit and great banter with like Barrett and how he interacts so well with Aerith and Tifa and like the, you know, the other Avalanche members. It's just, it's really a lot of fun. So that's one of my favorite things about this game that we can see all the characters shine. Um Another person, too, who kind of got it, and this is purely fan interpretation, was Aerith. A lot of people just kind of think she's that sort of standard, tropey, like, pure girl, like, savior. And I'm like, no, she's not. Like, she's a very kind-hearted girl, but she's also very blunt, very flirty, you know, very, like, uh, very much a go-getter. And she has like a lot of a little perversion in there too, because I mean, come on, she's been surviving in the slums for all these years by herself while being tracked by Shinra. Like she's gonna have spunk. <laughs> isn't isn't she like? <laughs> isn't she like totally uh, like badass to having your party too? Yeah, she's yeah, she's great. I love playing uh, with her because um, you know, of course, she's she's a more. Um, uh, a ranged fighter, but her magic is, I mean, even just her attacks when she's essentially throwing magic at the enemies, very strong. That she has charged attacks where she can deal even more damage. She has um, abilities where she can double cast, um, and she can actually, she actually make, split her bar into three ATB gauze. I think that's actually her limit, 
which is insane. So, yeah, she's a ton of fun to play as. I think her and Tifa are my favorites. Because Tifa's, they actually finally fixed her, like, stats. Because in the original game, it was a travesty. Like, um, how is how is her attack lower than Cloud's where her role is supposed to be damage dealer? Because she's a monk. But right. in this game, she's a pure DPS. Um, so even though she has lower defenses, she does a lot of damage. And, of course, your builds are going to reflect that because you'll definitely want to get her to, like, crit as much as you can. And she's so fast, too, like the way she moves in combat. Um, great aerial attack. So she's she's a lot of fun. And then her and Era to me, like, just my favorites. I love playing with them, like how fluid they move and everything. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it out in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, critical reception was kind of muted, but it seems like among fi- fans, it's been like really, really positive. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. I think the, I think the one thing that did hamper some of the uh, critical responses, and I've seen some fans talk about it too, um, it does have filler problems. Like, like I said, they do take advantage and they flesh out characters, but there are times where you're just kind of like, this did not have to be stretched out this much. <laughs> Like, like there's this parts where like, I mean, it's obvious loading, um, masking, like, you know, when you're trying to squeeze through tight spaces or when you're doing kind of pointless things. Like this is one scene in when Cloud and Aerith are traveling together and you have to have Aerith sit on like a robot arm and then Cloud move the arm around with her on it. So she can, and it's just like, why is this here? Like, <laughs> and it's just you know things like that or like in chapter two chapter two itself is pretty much filler because it's just a very short section in the original game where cloud was trying to get from point a to point b after the first mission that was it and it was like maybe like what five or so minutes chapter two literally turns this into maybe like a 15 20 minute thing where you're fighting like as you're traversing, you're fighting like waves of enemies and it can be fun, but at the same time, just kind of like, really? Like, can we just, <laughs> yeah. So that is one of the, the detractions. I think, you know, it does have that issue occasionally, but I mean, overall, even with that, I feel like for the most part, I think they contributed. I think they used their extra time pretty well. And, you know, for the most part, I just hope that part two, they, they, they don't rely so much on the filler. Like they really trim it down, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. And maybe <clears throat> spoiler again. So skip, skip forward 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, maybe when they're not beholden to the uh, plot of the original, they won't feel the need to put as much uh, filler yeah. in the future. on. Yeah. Yeah. True. Hopefully that'll be the case. So, uh, yeah, before we wrap it up, uh, should we talk about what we've been playing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, did you want to start or? Yeah, I'll I'll start. Um, so I am in my, I don't know, like fifth, sixth week of, uh, Animal Crossing quarantine. And, um, I think the charm has worn off a little bit. Um, I'm definitely not playing it as much as I did, but I'm sure as hell checking in every day. And probably putting a good 20, 20 minutes into it, which I think originally is how the game was intended. Yeah. Like not, you know, not, uh, you know, trying to come up with, uh, 
complex pyramid schemes to, uh, <laughs> to make bets on the stock market. Um, but yeah, I'm still really enjoying it. And there's still a lot of surprises. Like last night, um, I was running around and got stung by three spor- scorpions and I'd never seen them before. Oh. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm still really enjoying that game. Um, I'm back to uh, Trails of Cold Steel, which I kind of dropped off after the first chapter. And these games I really like. The, I think these games are really great, but they all start so slow. It's like you've got to get through like the first 10 hours of game where it's just kind of a lot of like dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that happens, it like really, really starts moving. But, um, and that, that is the part that I'm at now. And like, yeah, you know, it's like, you get a lot of character development. You get, uh, a lot of, uh, kind of like political intrigue going on early on, but there's just not a whole lot of like action or things to do. Right. You know, it's like, it's sort of like if, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, like, we're like, we're just going to have you run around the dorm for you know, 10 hours and then we'll put you into a battle. <laughs> um, but yeah, all in all, I think it's, it's a really great game. Uh, let's see. I've also gone back to the uh, Dragon Quest 11 end game, which uh, did you make it to the end game? Um, I actually have to, to really get into it cause I was playing, I started it, but, and it was really good. I just ended up getting kind of distracted, but I, I really need to actually get into it more cause it's, it's really great. It's an amazing game. Yeah. Yeah. How, how far did you get? Do you, do you uh, remember? To be honest, probably not that far. Maybe like a couple hours in. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> The main game is split into three acts and will take around 60 hours to complete. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a detail, detailed, like plot oriented or like plot heavy uh, epilogue that adds about another 30 or 40 hours to the game. And unlike other games, <clears throat> Persona, <laughs> Persona 5. Uh, <laughs> The way they do it is really, really smart. And I, I don't know what the difference is. And I'm trying to articulate it. Um, I think maybe it's because like that last 30 or 40 hours is optional, even though like you're missing a lot if you don't really kind of delve into the end game. But uh, also they do a really good job of pacing it and making it really episodic that it feels like a much shorter game than it actually is oh okay. Uh, so yeah i would highly recommend that and uh yeah oh i am uh playing uh dragon quest 5 for a future episode of combo chain uh a friend of the show phil is going to be doing an episode coming up pretty soon on that so i'm about two-thirds of the way through that oh nice and Another combo chain related thing that I'm playing, uh, not not putting a whole lot of time into, uh, is uh, y- uh, Yakuza Zero, right? Uh, which I'm mostly replaying. I mean, it's a great game, but I'm mostly replaying it because I've got a good friend 
who is very, very funny and very entertaining and used to be a stand-up comic. Um, and I've been trying to get him on this show or a podcast that I do for years now, but the only thing that generally he'll play are uh, open-world Ubisoft <laughs> uh, <laughs> games. And like after about six months of me haranguing him, I was like, you got to play Yakuza 0. You got to play Yakuza 0. And uh, he's about two acts in, and he really likes it. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> That's really... So, yeah, I'm doing a little, like, refresher uh, on that when uh, I'm kind of burnt out on the other games. How about you? Ah, so for me, um, I've, I've been going back with uh, Persona 5 Royale. Because when I, you know, did my review, I kind of did a sort of split with save files so I could try to finish the game as quickly as I could. So now I'm just going back and I'm taking more time. Of course, I've been doing way more of the mini games now that I have more time of it. I mean, darts and, um, and, uh, uh the card game tycoon is, is just way too addictive. So I've just been, <laughs> um, so that, that's, that's actually been a lot of fun, you know? Um, also, uh, of course, I've been playing tons of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, so much of it. Uh, and I've been having a blast with that as well. Um, you know, make and right now, of course, too, you have the new game plus, um, which allows you to kind of just jump in to any chapter. So if you wanted to, like, it's a great way if you're trying to farm to max out, like, levels and, like, weapons, stuff like that. So I've been working on that as well because I always do this. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, I was playing tons of uh, Trials of Mana, which is also a lot of fun, too. It's a nice break. It it doesn't feel as kind of heavy as Final Fantasy VII Remake. So I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of want something a little colorful and, like, you know, a little more old school. Let me just, you know... And I'll pop into that game, too, and just mess around in it. Um, I should be playing Animal Crossing. Uh, one reason uh-huh. <laughs> I have the game. One of the reasons I haven't is, one, because I'm trying to finish up my other stuff first. And then, two, I got it around the time where that infamous um, Easter event was happening. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like nope, <laughs> I'm not going into that. <laughs> You know what's even worse than the Easter event is that the fact that when you go to your crafting table, all those goddamn Easter outfits and items are still in your inventory. Oh, <laughs> you <scroll> man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's frustrating. But, uh, yeah, uh, they just announced yesterday that they're doing a bunch of uh, additions to the game So, in the next few weeks. So I'm excited about that. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. They're adding, I mean, I know it was in previous games, but they're adding a uh, art gallery. They're adding, like, additional characters. And um, I don't have the list in front of me, but, oh, they're adding uh, shrubs, which, you know, if you're somebody who plays uh, Animal, Animal Crossing, shrubs are an exciting thing to <laughs> something. Yeah, uh, there's something you get excited about. So nice. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I you know I mean it's not going anywhere. So <laughs> you can get back to it. Is there anything you want to plug before uh, 
we uh, hit the road? Um, well, uh, recently I did a podcast with um, SMT Network. I also talked about this for the um, Mega 10 Marathon uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I recently did one with SMT Network in which I went uh, into great detail about Persona 5 Royal, including the uh, third semester, the new characters, all the other content. I think we ended up chatting for like, three hours so <laughs> it was a lot of fun and you know if you really really uh, love that game get into it i uh, definitely suggest uh taking a listen to uh coming up uh i should be having another podcast uh with a good friend of mine we'll just be chatting about final fantasy 7 remake in like great detail so if you enjoyed you know my chat with paul uh you could definitely check that out too you know I'll make sure I um I make sure I have that retweeted, you know, under my own Twitter handle, which is uh, a James three four seven. So you can use that hand, like go on Twitter. You can follow me there, and I'll always make sure I have anything that I do, like any articles I do or podcasts, you know, retweeted on there, so you can check out all that stuff. It's be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, totally, and um. Yeah, we'll definitely link to uh, your uh, Trials of Mana review on uh, Dual Shockers. Thank you. Um, and yeah, also uh, Megaton related, uh, we just released our second episode covering Persona 3 uh, that came out just a couple days ago. So uh, yeah, if you are in the Persona mood right now, uh, definitely go back and... Uh, Learn it. <laughs> go go into a deep dive with us on like the game that really kind of started like the formula of the modern persona. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, I I would just say, um, you know, kind of the usual. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Patreon. Uh, if you could, you know, just throw down a buck or two. I know it's tight times, but anything helps uh, with the hosting costs. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that's at uh, Mirror Image Studios, which I'll link to in the show notes as well. Uh, we got Facebook and Twitter accounts. I always forget to mention that we're also on uh, Google Play and on spotify so uh yeah give those a listen as well cool well should we wrap it up here yep i think we're all good awesome well take care everyone stay safe and uh we will be back with you sooner rather than later all right take care everyone <laughs>